Panther fans who want to keep pounding. For the ones who want an inside look at the vault. This is this 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 is views from Midstream. Now here's your host Lonzo Wrightsell and Rob Brown. All right. Putting the final touches here on the Friday edition of the Views from Midstreet podcast after a 25-15 victory over the Atlanta Falcons yesterday evening. And a couple more things that I want to get into. A couple of stats, figures, numbers, etc. Derek Brown last night had a sack. Six tackles involved. He is now at 48 tackles for the season. He needs eight more tackles in the last seven weeks to pass Kiki Short for the team record for most tackles by a defensive tackle in a single season. Uh, The Atlanta guys, when I did their pot earlier this week, specifically asked about Derek Brown, right? We we talked about two players, J.C. Horn, Derek Brown. Derek Brown first. Uh, The rest of the league is on notice that Derek Brown has hit another gear. He is on another level. When Phil Snow took off, I mean, he was playing fine when Snow was the D.C., but when Phil Snow took off, Derek Brown shifted into another gear and it's become a monster. And it is opening up the field, right, for Brian Burns. It is opening up the field for the outside pass rush because now you've got to be committed to Derek Brown because how much of a G he is in the interior spot. Uh, An absolute tip of the cap. To Derek Brown, who is very rapidly becoming one of the most important interior defensive linemen in the entire National Football League right now. The dude has gone, so absolute beast mode. Yeah, welcome back, defense. You uh, you took a break against Cincinnati, but you came back last night and uh, did a great job. Not just, not just Derek Brown, but Ioannidis, all those guys did a really good job. You held... Atlanta to almost nothing. Gave up a late touchdown you probably shouldn't have done uh, in the fourth quarter. But other than that, the defense looked really, really good. And yes, the front looks excellent, and they're going to have to look even better in uh, in a week and a half. Uh, you know, Baltimore is is interesting because obviously their offense is predicated around Lamar Jackson doing Lamar Jackson thing, and we'll get we'll get much more heavy into this. Uh, next week. Next week, obviously, going to be interesting because not playing on Sunday. Monday will not be a reaction pod. It will just kind of be a here's where we are, state of the Panthers pod. You know, we can, we can react to the rest of the NFC South. And we probably will. Yeah. We probably will. Uh, we have got a, uh, we, we, we've got a real chance to, uh, again, with a little help from Seattle, uh, to move within, move within a, a game of the division, right? Like, it's right there for us. Uh, so that'll be Monday's pod. And then Wednesday, obviously, will kind of be a transactions, notes, injuries, updates, et cetera, press conference breakdown, whatever. And then Friday will be the preview pod for the game on the road at Baltimore. Uh, But blah, blah, blah. All that being said, uh, Lamar Jackson's ability to extend plays and especially not just to, to, to really run laterally, but the ability to go off tackle and get up the field is big, but when you've got a solid interior defensive lineman like Derek Brown, it kind of frees guys up to trust that the middle is secure and be able to play laterally and match Lamar Jackson, right? Like, I know I keep coming back to that Saints-Ravens game, but that's obviously because, A, we have a common opponent, we know the Saints, and B, uh, it's the last game Baltimore played, so it's the best one to talk about. 
the Saints do not have anywhere near what we have across the defensive line. Nowhere near what we have across the front seven, right? Uh, We are going to, I think, be able to create more mayhem and force Lamar Jackson out of the pocket. But I also think because of how good Derrick Brown has been, we are able to use our second line of defense, those linebackers, those walked-up cornerbacks, to play laterally and take those opportunities away, force Lamar Jackson to be a passing quarterback. Now, for the record, Lamar Jackson is a very good passing quarterback, right? He's a very good passing quarterback. But if we can challenge him and force him to become a little bit more one-dimensional, Derek Brown's going to have a big part of that, and that would be the reason we can make that game competitive. Uh, a stat that kind of blew me away a little bit off of the offensive side of the football. How about this one, Zoe? Weeks one through six of the National Football League season. Weeks that Matt Rule was employed as the head coach of this team. And weeks that Christian McCaffrey was a member of this football team. Weeks one through six, the Carolina Panthers averaged, Alonzo, 90.3 rushing yards per game and had a total of three rushing touchdowns. Weeks 7, 8, 9, and 10. Weeks since Matt Rule's departure. Weeks since the trade of Christian McCaffrey. Weeks 1 through 6, 90.3 rushing yards, 3 rushing touchdowns. Weeks 7 through 10, 159.5 rushing yards per game. And 7 rushing touchdowns. So 90.3 to 159. We are averaging 70 yards per, per game. More on the ground. That includes the beat down at Cincinnati. 70 more yards on the ground per game. Now, without CMC, without Matt Rule. And have scored four more touchdowns in a two-week shorter stretch of time on the ground. If you had a question whether Zoe and I have been right when we said our identity is on the ground and Matt Rule was holding this team back and now it's obvious, Lonzo... Exhibit A. Yes, you can go back to almost every single podcast that we've done, which has been quite a few, at least once per pod, probably multiple times, we have talked about how the Panthers need to run the ball. And this is obvious. When you look at this, you see what happens when they're successfully running the ball. I, I, I would love to see what the Panthers look like running the ball with whoever the best quarterback is on the team and the defense playing like they did yesterday. I don't think the Panthers have played a complete game yet. Hopefully that's coming soon. Maybe against Baltimore. Because uh, I want to see what they look like at full strength and and playing a complete game. I, uh, I think last night was the closest we have played to a complete game, right? I mean, again, we beat Tampa Bay, and that's great. I mean, that's fantastic. But they're bad too, right? Atlanta's not good, but we at least played a complete game. Uh, I take that back as close to a complete game as we played. The passing game right now is still not good, right? It's still not good. But again, I think you got to know that. I think sometimes you've got to trust, uh, your strength, right? I think you've got to trust your strengths. I think you've got to look at this football team. You almost said the thing. You almost, you almost said, trust the process. No, you almost, no. You almost no, no, no. I do trust the process as long as the process is 
run the ball, play run good ball. defense, yeah, and yeah, yeah. limit the opportunity. See, here's the thing. Last night, part of the reason you're only throwing the ball 16 times is because you're trying to limit the opportunities that P.J. Walker has to make a mistake. He's still very almost did. Yeah, he tried. He, very he definitely almost tried. did. But, you know, again, I, I know we're kind of beating a dead horse at this point, but you know what you are. You know what works. Go do it. Even in the face of it, right? Since I, I, I talked about last week how I thought our strengths – matched up to Cincinnati's weaknesses, except, though, we did not play to our strengths in that game, right? Like, we didn't play to our strengths at all. That was a game where you turn P.J. Or you turn PJ Walker loose to uh, to go out there and throw the ball 10 times out of the gate. Uh, ended up throwing two of those 10 into the arms of opposing passers. Ended up completing three of those 10. You send in, you send in Baker... Baker threw the ball 20 times. That's 30 passes. How many times did we run the ball in that game? 18 times. Our strengths did not play to their weakness. On the defensive side of the football, instead of attacking with the upfront crew, trying to create pressure on Joey B and trusting our defensive backs to play 1v1, we kind of set back and let them come to us. And what happened? Joe Mixon murdered us. You guys want to see a dead body? Because Joe Mixon left a few of them uh, in his wake, right? We did not play to our strengths, which would have been playing to their weaknesses. Problem with Baltimore is Baltimore's strengths do play to our weaknesses, right? Baltimore's strength is a quarterback who is mobile, get outside the pocket, and still deliver a good football. That's been tough for us. Heck, even I mean, Marcus Mariota been, uh, by no means had a bad night last night, right? For Marcus Mariota, by no means had a bad night. On defense, our problem has been uh, offensively when we've lined up against defenses has been wide receivers able to get open, uh, which generates us pretty much having to run the ball. Uh, except for Baltimore with Houston and now Roquan Smith patrolling the middle is exceptional. At stopping the run. Alvin Kamara two weeks ago went up over a hundy with three touchdowns. They What did Alvin Kamara do this past weekend against Baltimore? He had like two runs of seven yards or better. They shut him down. They got to Andy Dalton and beat Andy Dalton up when he dropped back, right? Uh, this team's strengths play to our weaknesses, and that's a problem. And that's why, Lonzo, you run the ball. You try to extend time of possession, take off third downs, one after the next, after the next, and you keep Lamar on the sideline. He can't be out there trying to earn that new paycheck when he's on the sideline. We have to, more important than any other game, we have to trust that what we have been doing is the right thing to do. It's an uphill battle still, but we got to do it the way we got to do See, it. See, I, I completely agree with you there, but if you get to the point where you can't run the ball, you can't turn it over and say uh, P.J. wins the game because he will turn it over, then you're going to see a, a quarterback switch. If you get in it, which is what we saw in Cincinnati, when, when they got down so far, they had to put a guy in who they knew could throw the ball and, and throw it fairly consistently. Probably didn't think he was going to play as well as he did, even though he didn't bring him all the way back. But who knows if, if he would have had three quarters as opposed to two quarters in Baker Mayfield. So maybe the game plan is different. Maybe these coaches are good enough to look and, and go, all right, we're not going to be able to run the ball against Baltimore. Either Sam or Baker is going to start. We can't throw the ball against anybody. Well, we can if we have the quarterback in who can throw the ball. 
Yeah, again, want to see, want to see what Baker can do when he comes back. Want to, I just, I want to give him a chance. But unfortunately, and this is the part, right? If we're if we're in tank mode, I go out there and I turn Baker loose, right? Let's go. Let's, let's let Baker throw it thirty-five times. Let's see what happens. Let's let him throw it thirty-five times and see what happens in that game. Guys, we're not in tank mode. Game and a half out of the division, and that could shrink. Uh, that could shrink with a Seattle win Sunday morning against Tampa Bay. We're not in a spot where I want to change the game plan. I want to beat Baltimore now, right? For, 48 hours ago, I'd have been like, yeah, I want to lose to Baltimore and Atlanta and Pittsburgh and New Orleans yeah, and anybody else because I, I want that pick. It. I'll never get that. Right? I never will understand that. But. I want that pick. Now, I absolutely want to beat Baltimore because now we are very much not just in a divisional race, but as we have found out, we can go, but we ran yesterday. We've, we, I've said this number a couple times, 232 yards. You know how many yards Joe Mixon and the Bengals ran when they beat us 42-21? You know how many yards they ran for in that game? 228. Wow. 228. We ran for 232 against Atlanta last night, right? We put more yards on the ground. Now, granted, they had Joey B going out there and slinging it around 28 times, so they had like a lot more opportunity with the football than we did. But... If you go out there and instead of running Deontay Foreman seven times in that game, you run him 27 times in that game, you keep Joey Burrow off the field. They don't put up 28 points in the second quarter, and that game is a little bit more competitive in that case. I am trying to win now, and we have now, again, we found the answer. We found the solution. We found the way to do that. It is run Deontay. It is run Chuba Hubbard. It's allow P.J. to get outside and maybe throw a couple of design runs at him. It's throw the ball 15, 16, 17 times, complete 10. If nobody's open, throw it 19 rows deep into the sidelines. That's the game plan. It worked. Do it against Baltimore. Do it against Detroit. Do it against Pittsburgh. Do it against New Orleans. Do it against Tampa. Do it against everybody. And let's see what the hell happens. That's what I'm here for. What I'm here for. Uh, by the way, one last thing before we get out of here. Broke this morning that Jeremy Chin has been designated to return from injured reserve. He was out on the practice field uh, earlier this week. He was designated to return from injured reserve Tuesday. Does not mean that he will be activated for the Baltimore game. Does mean that he's got a 21-day window as of Tuesday. Obviously didn't dress last night. He's got uh, basically three weeks from Tuesday for the Panthers to decide to go ahead and activate the 24-year-old and the defense will get a little bit better for it. It will be very, very good to get Jeremy Chin back on the field. Missed only one game in his rookie season with a knee injury as well as last year's finale, but across his career had started the other 35 of 37 games uh, prior to this injury, he has been stubborn, hard-headed. I like the kid a lot. It'll be real good to have Jeremy Chin back on the field. Oh, without a doubt. And that's the other thing. Uh, as the Panthers start getting guys back, the defense is only going to get better. And look out when that happens. Um, as we end the pod, I just want to say, again, the Black Unis are sick, man. They really are. i got got to bring that up again. And this Sunday... Everyone who's a Panther fan needs to be a Seahawks fan and watch the Seahawks take down Tom Brady in Germany, and then we're one step closer to being number one in the South. 
Listen, Lonzo hates Tom Brady enough anyway. Oh, I do. And now he's got even more reason oh, to yeah. do it. Yeah. Uh, if you, if, I want to see him lose in another country. If you like uh, a little salt in the early mornings, at Lonzo on Word on Twitter. He may or may not have some 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 early morning, and and he's going to be a grumpy old guy on Sunday morning. On top of having to watch Tom Brady, Lonzo might be a must follow this Sunday. Is all I'm saying. Hit me up, I'll be there at Lonzo on Word. I'm at the Rob Brown Show. Next episode of Views from Main Street will drop for you on Monday. We'll have kind of a state of the Panthers. As we begin, well, I guess continue the second half of the season. Then next Wednesday, we'll drop our traditional midweek pod. Friday, we'll have our preview pod for the Panthers. So if you have not, or excuse me, for the Ravens. So if you have not done it yet, go to wherever you get your podcast on Stitcher, on Spotify, on iTunes, on Google Play, or free on the Odyssey app. Share it around amongst your social circles so we can continue to grow the show. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you back here on Monday. He's Lonzo. I'm Rob Brown. Enjoy the weekend, y'all. Keep pounding, baby!